You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. From Vineyard Theater in New York City, this is Theater Uncorked, where Vineyard artists come together to talk about the process of bringing new works to the stage. I'm your host, Eric Pargotch. For episode five, we are joined by Obie Award-winning playwright David Kale in conversation with Tony Award-nominated director Lee Silverman. David Kale, a celebrated writer of solo works, typically performs his own pieces. But for his one-man show, Harry Clark, he began to think he was writing it for someone other than himself. When the Vineyard cast Tony Award winner Billy Crudup in the part, that instinct was confirmed. And with his dream director Lee Silverman at the helm, Kale was thrilled to watch for the first time as a solo piece he had written came together without him on stage. David's solo works include the Obie Award winning Lillian, A Likely Story, the Bessie Award winning Deep in a Dream of You, Smooch Music, and The Red Throats. His work has been presented throughout the U.S., and his monologues have been featured on public radio's This American Life and NPR's The Next Big Thing, for which he was a regular contributor. He composed the songs for 600 Highwaymen's Employee of the Year, which received a Bessie Award nomination. He's also written lyrics for songs sung by artists including Elvis Costello, Debbie Harry, and Jimmy Scott. As an actor, he has appeared in television's The Good Wife and in the films The Slaughter Rule, Two Lovers, and Pollock. Lee Silverman is one of the theater's most in-demand directors. She made her Broadway debut in 2006 with Lisa Crone's Well. She later went on to direct David Henry Huang's Chinglish on Broadway and garnered a Tony Award nomination for directing the Broadway musical Violet in 2014. Off-Broadway, she is known for directing world premiere works at theaters like The New Group, Encores, Roundabout, The Public Theater, Club Thumb, MCC, Second Stage, Signature Theater, Playwrights Horizons, and MTC. Those productions garnered two Obie Awards and a Lucille Lortel nomination. Regionally, she's directed at the Williamstown Theater Festival, La Jolla Playhouse, Two Rivers Theater, Berkeley Rep, and Center Theater Group, where she will be directing the upcoming Soft Power by Janine Tesori and David Henry Huang. We are excited the two could join us during Tech of Harry Clark, which The Vineyard is producing in association with Audible. After the Vineyard stage run of the play closes, Audible will record and produce Billy Crudup's performance of Harry Clark as an audio play, available to Audible members in early 2018. And now, this is David Kale and Lee Silverman in Theater Uncorked at the Vineyard. 
How did we meet? I don't... I was a crazy fan. I, I sort of stalked you a little bit, right? No. How did we meet? I mean, did we... I think I stalked you. I don't know. I don't know how we met. I don't know how we met either. See, you said it was going to be an easy question. That's but it's the not hardest an easy question. question. <laughs> through Lisa, through the five lesbian brothers. Yeah, I feel like maybe we uh, met like walking down Avenue A like 15 years ago. Yeah. I was with Lisa. I think I was doing the brother show at PS122. Yeah. It was like sometime in that era, the early aughts. Wow. I don't know. I was a fan. I was a crazy fan. What can I say? And I was a crazy fan. <laughs> And that's who we are. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> we've we've sort of we've started working on another show, and then um, and then Harry came along. It's a very unusual experience to work with someone as a playwright who's mostly used to performing their own material. Yeah, it's, it's a really special relationship. I really um, I feel very privileged. It's nice because he's not performing; he gets to sit with me, and I can ask him questions. And. Um, it's I don't know it's been it's been really great it's such an amazing piece of writing so it's just so nice to be able to talk about it it's also because I've I tried the script out or tried it out I, I performed it in Pittsburgh at the Andy Warhol Museum um, so I have a sense of it a little bit from the inside I mean that version of it but this is obviously very very different but I think it's it's sort of un, an unusual situation that also the writer has kind of experienced the script with people. Um, but it's the first time I've done a show where I've, well, it's the first time I've done a, a solo show where I've been watching somebody else perform it. And it's a, a very, very new experience for me. And I still can't, quite believe that I'm watching Billy Crudup it's still I'm still in sort of a state of astonishment that I'm that he's the person that's playing Philip slash Harry in this show so it's really incredible miraculous is the word that Lee is and Billy are doing this and I'm watching it happen well he's amazing um so it's been really great i think he's been um an actor that i have admired for so long and um this piece is uh uh aerobic and gymnastic and soulful and weird and strange and um funny and he manages to so um incredibly maneuver inside of the language and the world of this play and it's been really fun to discover it with him and also because he's not a, someone who does a lot of solo performance if any if he's ever done it I, I don't, don't know I don't done. think he's ever think, done it yeah. yeah so it feels really um, amazing to kind of watch someone who is so accomplished do something that they've never done and kind of edge out to the to the edge of the high diving board and throw themselves over the edge all the time and it's it's kind of amazing. Yeah. I think it's inc I think it's an extremely difficult show to perform. And I realize that 
well, mostly I've been doing solo shows for 30 years, and this is the 11th or 12th that I've written. And it's sort of, I mean, this is not a, a comment on it, the quality of the writing, but it's it's also written from the perspective of somebody who's done a lot of solo shows. So it's it's sort of advanced solo. And then Billy is jumping in, it being his, I think, I'm certain it's his first solo show. It's sort of diving in the deep end in a, in a, in a way, um, I think, for Billy. I mean, I think that the amazing and difficult muscle of a solo show is that your scene partner is the audience. So they're very unreliable because they're different every night. Yeah. And for a learning how to do that is really difficult because you can't do it but to do it and and there's a kind of electric uh, baptism by fire situation that happens yeah. and um, I also think that the the joy of a really amazing performance um, it, when there's only one person on stage is how clearly they make you feel like they're f it's a cast of characters and I think the more specific all those other people are um, the more you feel like it's not a solo show. You feel like yeah. the, the, the play is actually full of other people and full of locations and scenery, and great theater does that. I mean, really, really great theater and great language and great writing puts you there. And then having someone who can so clearly um, and specifically um, just imagine a world that you can just see clearly, even though it's not there. And, and I think that's the, that's the task um, in, in the rehearsal has been to kind of find the, the, um, the sides of each of the worlds and the, um, the dimension of each of the characters so that it feels like, in fact, he's inhabiting a very populated world up there, even though it's just him. And it's also to have somebody that's that's such an extraordinary stage actor, and he's also an extraordinary movie actor, is because I'm so much influenced by movies, and some of these scenes are like movie scenes, and you have someone who is there's there's a kind of a movie there's a movie. It's like a it's a movie star thing going on with him too. He's got the ma the magnetism and the nuance, than the little teeny details of a great movie actor, and he's a great stage actor. It's like the you've got you've got these two things happening at the same time in this show that really would love to have that. But how do you find somebody that can do that has all these qualities and he does? So I mean, it's like that's. We landed in, in the bullseye, with in terms of oh, he's he's so gifted in both in both areas, and and this show really can draw on that. I think so. That's also very exciting to watch because sometimes it's I feel like I'm you, I, you I've noticed you you watch him think in a scene in the way that I watch a someone on a screen think it's riveting and he manages to make that riveting on a stage it's 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 extraordinary i i can't say i've ever seen another actor do that um but he doesn't i i mean i've done a few of these solo shows now and it, 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 i feel like universally people feel like it is the hardest thing they've ever done i mean it's a it's i, I think there's a lot of things that are really hard about solo shows one is that 
the the audience is different every night so the stimulus that you're getting is different every night the other is that it's um you know unlike in a play where you're getting um you're creating drama and conflict from the other actors on stage and you're able to um find impulses new and fresh because you're operating off of that um other people person or people and I think in a solo show you're manufacturing all of it and the drama of the evening the the theater of the evening is solely being manufactured by you you're you're bringing the audience to you you're letting them see you it's, it requires a tremendous amount of um courage and also um uh, vulnerability to really sit in a in a room with a group of people and tell talk to them for um, you know whatever it is an hour and 15 minutes and to really feel um, uh, entitled to their attention and and to tell them this story that um, is um, that has to move through you and to them in a way that holds them so it's I think it's a it's a it's a tremendously difficult skill and um, uh, they're hard to rehearse because it's uh you know it's just like him and us in the room <laughs> we're just like okay you want to do it okay good you know like there's sort of a way in which we we are his audience um and un- until the the real audience steps in so i feel like we're we're frequently um just uh as we're as we're working through the play and rehearsal it's a it's a deep investigative process and then like our job is to behave like an audience would behave Mm-hmm. Um, and to give him that energy back that an audience would give him. I was always interested in trying to write a one-person thriller, or as, as it, if it was possible to do a one-person show that had some tension in it that was more akin to a thriller, or, uh, or had a thriller scenario. And I was also curious to sort of play with an audience's perception of me initially that to to if if I suddenly did a a show that said that I wasn't really English that I was from the Midwest but I could do a good English accent I was sort of curious that that how that tilt would happen how, how it would be sort of disorienting I thought in an interesting way and then it sort of the, the whole story evolved and I, it's I mean it's largely from my imagination and some some experiences I've had are sort of woven in there but and then I was then I got to a point where I thought I think somebody else should perform this show and it was very intuitive and instinctive and it was funny because on the I think like the second day with Billy and this instinct came a few years ago I was like well this is why you had this instinct <laughs> Look at this. Um, so yeah, but it, it was largely from 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 the imagination, like old school. And he's not British. Yeah, I mean, I think this is what yeah, could be what could either. what could be clearer than this play to tell us he's not British. I'm not, not. He's been from, lying. Um, That's right. He's not who he says he is. I'm not who I say. Maybe I'm not. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe I'm not who I told myself I was. <laughs> that's more. That's more likely. <laughs> I love David's writing. I think he tells a story like nobody else. I think he's um, funny and sexy and surprising, 
and um, I felt very intrigued by the challenge of this piece. I think um, it has it, it's it, it both is a is a kind of a thriller and also a very um, I think honest look at somebody who's just trying to live in the world in a way that mm-hmm. makes sense to them and it just so happens that the way it makes sense to this character is inside of and through the lens of thrillers which is how he's educated himself and I think where he finds comfort and you know is a kind of in the noir style and so it's like how to both incorporate that style into the piece itself and to have it live in a kind of um, tonal way in the play but is also grounded in a real emotional truth and Mm -hmm. um, that feels like a really interesting balance and I'm interested in plays that walk precariously in between (laughs) those different styles and uh, and David Kale likes to walk precariously so I'm with him (laughs) I do like to walk precariously that is true have you ever worked at the vineyard David Kale I have never worked at the vineyard before Though I've tried. Me too. Tried over and over. No, I've been friends with Sarah for years. Sarah Stern. Yeah, me too. Actually, Doug's cast me in a couple of movies. So. As an actor. Well, (laughs) smart guy. So this is our first time at the Vineyard. Oh, my God. I've just been banging on the door for Uh, like uh, 20 years. I have too. I can't believe this is our first time. I know. What's wrong with them? They were playing hard to get. I mean, they were playing hard that's to right. get. They were. We got them, David. We got, we got, we got them. We got them. I knew we'd do it in the end. <laughs> well, that's it for Theater Uncorked at the Vineyard. Thank you so much to David Kale and Lee Silverman for joining us on the podcast. Theater Uncorked is produced and edited by me, Eric Pargotch, Vineyard Theater's Director of Communications and New Media, with help from the Vineyard's Associate Producer, Ali Sky Bennett, and Marketing Director, Melissa Pelkey. Thanks to the Vineyard's artistic directors, Douglas Abel and Sarah Stern, and our managing director, Suzanne Appel, along with the entire Vineyard staff. If you enjoyed this episode, do us a favor and rate and review us on iTunes. It helps spread the word. And last but not least, thanks to you for listening to Theater Uncorked at the Vineyard. wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.